Let's do this. The Cult of Hockey podcast by the faithful and for the faithful. I'm David Staples of the Edmonton Journal. And I'm here today with Bruce McCurdy. Welcome, Bruce. Hey, David. How are you doing tonight? Good. I One of the rare times I've attended a game, my brother-in-law was up from Calgary and he bought some tickets and I attended oh, yeah. it with him. And a kind of a mediocre time was had by all. <laughs> by every fan in the building, probably. Um, not a stinker game, but certainly not a very inspiring game, Bruce. It was, um, it was just, you know, the Oilers had fought their way back into that game. And then those two goals against with just such poor defensive play on both of those goals, just breakdown after breakdown, you know, and, and lack of effort as well, lack of concentration, effort and breakdowns on those plays. It was, it was very frustrating to see the Oilers, um, you know, kind of, they probably had a chance to win that game, get a point out of it, and they they had b- battled back against the Vancouver Canucks and um, just threw it away. Wasn't happy. Nobody was. So let's do our two good things. Or do you have something? Go ahead. Hard to be happy about a game like that, getting whooped by Vancouver in your own ice on uh, Hockey Night in Canada. But yeah, the better team won. The better team much did win. Question about that. Yeah, there was no question about that. What were your, you did the great A scoring chances tonight? What were they? Uh, I had them at uh, thirteen to eleven for Vancouver. It could be twelve eleven because one was kind of a borderline grade B chance. So it was but pretty close. It was close, but you know, Edmonton had a couple of bur- they had one burst in the second period, and then in garbage time, Vancouver really wasn't. You know, they didn't push the offense at all in the third period. So they only had two chances in the third period. Uh... And uh, one of them was the early goal. And then they kind of just minded their P's and Q's and gave Edmonton a couple of sort of half decent looks, but nothing. Yeah, everything you know. was going well for the Oilers in the second burst. They were coming on, they were playing well, and then they had just a stinker play and then another one. Like just, I mean, Tippett will, I don't know what he said in the post game, but those were two wretched goals against yeah. And so we're going to do our two good things, two bad things, and two numbers, yeah. and those goals are going to come up again. I would imagine they will, yeah. I would imagine they will. Let's start with a good thing. All right. Well, I'm going to go with uh, Connor McDavid, uh, who produced uh, uh, a key goal a uh, few seconds after Vancouver had made it 2 nothing on a shorthanded goal. It was a real killer. And McDavid pulled the orders back in the game on the next shift, in fact, it was the same shift for him at the end of the power play, and he stayed out and score uh, and took a nice pass from Ethan Bear and picked the far corner, and then he also made a play on the uh, tying goal, where he chipped the puck ahead to Cassian and then zoomed up the ice and charged into the zone and sort of created some space for Cassian to take the shot. It was kind of an unusual. Uh, an unusual play in that uh, McDavid was a decoy and Drysaddle was nowhere to be seen. It was Cassian who was the sniper. You know, that's not usually the way it works. But uh, uh, he did his job there and he, you know, helped get the team back in the game. And he took over the lead in the NHL scoring race, uh, where he's actually now one point ahead of Drysaddle after tonight. Is that two so, games in a row without a point for Drysaddle? It is. Drysaddle did not have his best game. His feet weren't really moving. There was a number of Oilers, Bruce. Uh, yeah. I really noticed Adam Larson in this regard. Mm-hmm. He gets the puck. He's like a statue with it. Like, move your feet, man. You're not fast to start with, but you're not doing yourself any favors at all. Now, it might be because he's 
still acclimatizing from his injury, getting back into it. But uh, I really noticed it live. Just just every time he gets the puck, it's like you're standing there. What are you doing? Like this is a this is a basic fundamental of hockey for a defenseman. You get the puck, start moving your feet, and mm-hmm. the the odds of something good happening go up a lot. So Drysaddle was in the same boat, kind of not exactly hustling uh, on a lot of plays. I will put it that way, and yeah. But I'm already on to bad things, Bruce. What's your My good, good thing, Dave? <laughs> well, you kind of you kind of covered it a little bit. It was the Cassian goal, and what I liked about the goal, uh, McDavid did go hard to the net, but Cassian had he, he's becoming a very smart player, puck protecting. Um, mm-hmm. Like he's gotten rid of some of the uh, I didn't the first penalty that he got was kind of a I don't know like the Canuck player kind of fell got low. It's if if he hits him shoulder to shoulder, it's no penalty because but the because the Canuck player stumbles, um, that's a penalty then. So it was anyway. It was it was, seemed kind of marginal, but his play on the goal was fantastic in that he just waited and waited for McDavid to he waited for the play to develop, kind of all sniper like there, right? All mm-hmm. smart and sniper like, and when when finally when McDavid crossed his path, that's when he fired just at the very right moment, just and that's why that puck went in the net because there was a great screen. The goalie didn't see it, why it's a great A chance, and as opposed, if he had just shot that before the screen, there's no way that puck goes in from there, Bruce. It just does not happen. So uh, a very strong uh, play by Zach Cassian on the goal. Good for him. Hopefully. It was a wicked shot. It was a good right shot, in, too. Dinged in off the post, you know, like it was. Uh, but uh, unusual, like Cassian to me has a slight problem in that he likes to defer to his line mates. Mm-hmm. Even when he's the guy in best shooting position, he's looking to pass to someone else rather than take it into his own kind of hands. And, well, I understand to a degree. But there are times when you're the guy to take the shot. And I have to say, in my living room, I said, shoot, just at the second he actually let it fly. And I was surprised, especially <laughs> when I saw it hit the net. But, uh, you know, so he's, uh, that was uh, that was the moment to uh, to let Ding with that shot. And uh, and he made it count. But it was, it, was a, it was a crafty play all the way in by, by uh, number 44. So credit where due. Speaking of yelling shoot, there was a play where Larson had a, just an absolute. He was just moving into the slot. He had every he could have oh. moved into the slot more, and then he winged, like shoot Adam Larson. You know, play with some confidence. Yeah, uh, he is a step behind Bruce right now, and and uh, I don't know if uh, it's interesting because if they make a change, they probably take out Caleb Jones, right? They play and keep Larson in there, and I can see that. But it, it's Larson who's the guy who's a step behind right now. Okay, uh, I'm sneaking in bad things all along here. You know, you can tell I, I seem to have... Well, like there's a 50. lot of bad things in this game. There sure were. Let's You're go. an Oilers fan. Let's go to the bad... <laughs> excuse me, let's go to the bad things now. Um, the formal part of the bad things as opposed to the informal, just moaning and bitching, which I've been doing so far. But what's your, what's your I'm official... Gonna, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you go first while I try and remember which one I singled out to be my okay. bad thing. Because there's the, both the third and the fourth goals were just so. But listen, Oscar Clefbaum's play on the third goal, Bruce. Mm-hmm. He he played the puck like this is a simple play. The guy, you know, the, the it's just one on one, and he gets on he twice, Bruce. He got on the wrong side of the defender. First is the puck's coming into the Oilers zone. Clefbaum is playing the puck and he's on the wrong side. So that's how the guy gets in there, and then somehow. He go the Vancouver player Pearson goes to the net and where's Clefbaum? 
He's way on the beside the net. And Riley Shands left to essentially contend with two players in front of the net. And Smith um, is left to contend with, you know, he could have done better with the rebound. But there's, you know, you jam away long enough at the puck and you, it's going to go in. So, you know, I, I, I think Oscar Kleffbaum is a very fine NHL defenseman. But until he solves this, these defensive brain farts, which we see now and then, and certainly was an evidence on that play where, again, twice he's on the wrong side of the puck. Um. I, I don't see him like I don't hold him in the elite category of NHL defenseman because of plays like that. He's just got to he's got to solve that, and it's probably not going to happen, right? Because he's a fairly veteran player. I had Kleffbaum as one of four four Oilers that were uh, at fault on that goal. Yeah, uh, I thought Shane lost the battle, Jones lost the battle, Kleffbaum lost the battle. Like they just were beat. On, on sort of 50-50 All the way up the ice. And then, yeah. And then uh, Smith did a bad job on the original shot, punting out a greasy rebound, and then he didn't close down the near side post, and he allowed the, you know, the guy jammed the puck in uh, just in between his leg and the post. That happened twice. Uh, one on each post, where Smith looked like he had his leg in position, and then he shuffled it. To, I don't know why, and while he was shuffling, the guy tucked the puck home, you know. So Yeah, that goal, Bruce, it was just, it was this slow developing horror show where yeah. where there was easy plays, easy 50-50 battles, or even like 70-30 battles where the Oilers were actually in the better position to make the play, and they just kind of got beat all the way up the ice because they because of uh, poor defensive fundamentals or, or, and or lack of effort. Again and again and again until it was in the net. And it was like, that's in the net? Like, how do you yeah. score on that play? Yeah. It just comes out of nothing except for your desire to score. So good for Vancouver, wanting that goal more. But that was atrocious defensive hockey. It was. And, it was. Um, and, the, and the fourth goal against wasn't much better. So what's your, what's your bad thing? Uh, yeah, my bad thing is, uh, is uh, yeah, uh, it's the... It's the um, uh, the bottom six, Oilers' bottom six, getting burned for the third, fourth, and fifth goals against. It would be one thing if those guys were ever going to score a goal, uh, especially the Riley Shea-in line, which, you know, they got nothing offensively, nothing. And they were at fault on both the third and fourth goals with uh, the one you just described, the 3-2. And then on the 4-2, on the it was Archibald who was unable to contain the stick uh, he was right with this guy. He was in the right place. He was right with this guy, the immortal Louis Erickson, uh, who is also not a top six player, but uh, it was Erickson that won the battle and got the shot away and put it in the net. And, you know, when that line goes minus two, I mean, it's not like they're going to go out in the third period and get either one of those goals back. It's like they, yeah. you know, they, they have to get a, the job done defensively, and they didn't. I thought Kara was actually okay in that game. Um, it, of that group, and Shea is a fantastic penalty killer. But yeah, he is um, good on the PK. You know, I'm not, I'm not exactly completely certain why Archibald's in the lineup, Bruce. And I don't know if it was just this game, but he just he has trouble making plays with the puck, and he does hustle and he hits, and mm-hmm. he's okay on the he's at least okay on the PK. He's a good penalty killer. I, I should be fair and say he's a good penalty killer. But at even strength, he is a whole, and. Um, you know, he's supposed to be a defensive specialist. Well, 
if if that's the case, shouldn't you be taking the stick? Like play the man, play play. You know, you're watching the puck, and you don't even take this. All you have to do is tie up the stick. It's all you had to do. It wasn't it wasn't a really complicated defensive play. It was a defensive fundamental play that you'd think a defensive specialist would make. Now every NHL player is going to have those moments in an 82 game mm-hmm. season, but he can't have that many of them, Bruce. He can only have let's say five. Well, All year. And I think he's at his quota already. So he doesn't create anything on the attack. He is he is as bad an attacker as Milan Lucic. So he's a better defender than Milan Lucic. It's <laughs> true. He's as bad an attacker as Milan Lucic, and that's saying a lot. But he's, he's, So he's a better defender. So he's a better fourth-line player. But Patrick Russell, too, Bruce, like he's, he's on the bubble right now. Like he's got to get something done. And, he's, and he's, he, he had no impact that game. And, um, man, he's one, just one struggling. half decent scoring chance for Russell on a deflection. Yeah. And one half decent scoring chance where, um, for Archibald, where he made a nice pass to nurse, uh, for a wicked shot from the slot that, uh, Mark. Oh, well, there you go. Stopped. I, I, but I that was fair, fair comment. You know, that was, uh, uh, when you're on for two goals against, you better be creating more than one chance at the other end or else you better be bearing said chance. So I'm trying to I'm trying to be patient with a lot of the players and and so far maybe possibly succeeding a wee amount compared to my but it's still early. Um, so I'd like you know there's some players though that really have to step up, you know, and Archibald and, and Adam Larson I think are actually at the top of that list um, right now and all right and Mike Smith, which I'm about to get to. What's your number? Or did you what was your did you give what was your bad thing? My bad, my bad thing was the bottom six getting rich oh, okay. for, yeah, gotcha. for the yeah. three goals. All right, sure. Uh, three, four, and five, and and the the uh, the fifth one when when Josh Labo scored on that wraparound. Yeah. I mean, it's it's hard to be totally critical of any of the players. It just to me that was a B chance that the goalie just needs to do his job and nothing happens. But it uh, it didn't happen. So. It was a little bit of a weird play where, again, out of nothing, they were suddenly in trouble in their own zone because mm-hmm. of l- bad reads, lack of effort. Even on that fifth goal, we had the same story. Right. Okay, my, I'll go with my number here, uh, which is since Mike Smith's, you know, I don't know when he makes, uh, against Pittsburgh, he made like 70 to nine, nine, between 70 and 9,000 saves that game. He had a great game. Bruce, he's been he's been uh, mediocre since then. I think he's maybe had one good game, one and a half good game, something like that. His save percentage in the last five games is eight sixty seven since that big Pittsburgh game, and that's 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 goaltending, um, which will get you out of the NHL sooner than oh, later. Sure. It within a few months, like if if you have another couple months of that, he can't play anymore, right? If you if you can't if you're <laughs> If you're at 867, and this was another game where there was the wraparound goal. There was, um, you know, they 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 scored. It seemed to me like they scored on two or three of their two out of three of their first really good, like really really good chances. You know, these are think hard things to stop, but a goalie has to stop about two out of three of them. But he let in two out of three. So Mike Smith is not getting it done right now. Well, he was 868 tonight, so that's basically right on par with what we've seen lately. And uh, he did make a few nifty saves, but he, uh, uh, he was beaten on the short side three different times. 
uh, both those two kind of in, in tight to the net when he shuffled his pad out of the way, but also the first goal, the one where they, they blew the horn in the middle of the play because they looked at the replay and seen the puck go in the net. That beat Smith's short side. It was a great shot, but the guy was out on an angle. I mean, I don't know. I wasn't thrilled with it. Yeah, it was it was a sad oh. moment at the game when, when they suddenly stopped play. There was a feeling of doom, that's for sure. Because the horn that goes in the middle of play, that means I've already seen it as in the Yeah, next that was not very happy, that moment. It, it felt like it went in as soon as it happened, right? Like, I thought, oh, did, did oh. that go in? And... All right, your number. Yeah, well, I'm going to go with the five, which is the five goals against. Yeah. And they're just bleeding goals against right now. And, you know, it was... Uh, uh, Four last game, and it could have been 14. And yes. I mean, they were outshot so badly in uh, in the last game, and then the first period tonight, over a three period span, they were outshot 52-14 and outscored 6-1. That's enough to lose you two games. And it's um, so there's a bunch of numbers, and not many of them are happy ones. But uh, Dave Tippett, after the game, uh, he was talking about, he said, you're not going to win many games in this league with five goals against, and he's not wrong. Yeah, you know, Bruce, um, the Oilers have, according to our great A-chance research this year, we do the video analysis of every game. The Oilers have been about a chance on average by one great A-chance per game this year, and that's a significant number. That's a, And um, it's it's not going to... They've got to find a way to cut down on their grade A chances against. I mean, I, I think I, I, I've heard a couple of hockey commentators say, well, the orders aren't, they're cutting down, like they're not giving up the, the really great chances. And I, and I do think on the penalty kill, this has been the story that they've cut down on the, like the double A, like the, the A plus, yeah. like the 30% shots. Mm-hmm. They've cut down on the, on the penalty, penalty kill, like, Shayan and Russell and Clefbaum and players like that are really are really doing and Archibald are really doing a good job. But at even strength, they're leaking chances as much as ever. And it's starting to it's gonna have uh you gotta get on, on top of it a little bit more. And 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 again, it's as you point out, if it's these bottom two lines, like that's their job. You can't they can't yeah. be letting grade A chances regularly. Yeah, well I mean I was also, of course, bottom line players that were on the ice for the Vancouver power play goal as well, right? So they uh, uh, really got lit up for four. Although obviously you're going to lose, you're going to give up the odd power play goal, but it was uh, the Oilers right now. Uh, I mean, the no- the number maybe the number is minus ninety three because the Oilers without Ryan Nugent Hopkins are a mighty thin looking crew and if the top line is not dominating I mean it was Vancouver's second line that crushed Edmonton tonight right it was uh, it was uh, Bo Horvat with three points Tanner Pearson with four points and Edmonton's second line didn't get a whole lot done one thing I would change for sure I hope to see change that probably won't happen but the power play they really miss Nuge's puck handling and puck winning on the power play mm-hmm. chase on give the gave the puck away a couple times it end, ended with him he he shouldn't be out on the power play like you can't mm-hmm. think you can have chase on or neil but you can't have both you oh. can't have both because they're they're just not strong enough winning pucks controlling pucks passing the puck i would much prefer to see sam gagne in in uh ryan nugent hopkins spot 
and because uh, he's he's at least sure-handed with the puck, and he's fairly clever, and he's also a right shot. Keep Neil in front of the net. I hope they make that that kind of adjustment. I don't know what I, I if it was up to me, I would I would have Larson sit out a game and say um, just just watch watch a game and put Benning back in if he's healthy. I guess he's off injured reserve and Nygaard. I think Nygaard should have been in the last few games. Like um, he's he's a fast forward. They need speed. So I would I don't know who's going to come out there. Probably Russell. Um, I'm I'm expecting we'll see Nygaard. Who else could they put in? Do they have anyone else? In healthy. Yeah, I don't think that's about it, eh? So I don't. I wonder if they will. What What would you like to see? Any? Uh, well, I expect that? to see Benning in tomorrow night, and I I half expect that it'll be Caleb Jones who comes out. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, he's been having his defensive issues, and uh, uh, on the four two four two goal, uh, he was one of those that got. Uh, uh, was it no the three the, two the goal. three because it was Baron three Nurse two goal. on the three other two goal. goal that he got. Uh, uh, he got beaten up ice like he was in a bad position. He got beaten in the neutral zone. And he never was able to get back in the play. Yeah, and uh, you can be sure that the coaches are noticing that kind of stuff. And unfortunately, a minus two again tonight for Caleb. So when they're, re- come out. Yeah. when they're reviewing the game, I mean Adam Larson for all that we both saw him pretty bad tonight. He was on for zero goals for or against. And really, not a hell of a lot happened when he was out there. Fair enough. So. Alrighty, we'll do this all again tomorrow, correct? Yeah, well, hopefully the Oilers big boys will uh, do what they did in Vegas here last week when they were coming off a bad outing and they, they both stepped it up a notch and uh, Vegas couldn't handle them. And that's really the way for Edmonton to win games, especially with uh, R&H out of the lineup. And of course, they'll have Koskinen in it tomorrow night. That's the other obvious change. So they'll be on the back-to-back going with. To me, I, you know, those two short side goals on Smith, the third and fifth goal. There's no mm-hmm. way Koskinen lets either one of those goals in the net. Also. Yeah, he's down low. Koskinen's he's one of the best really goalies good. in the his league. Pa- isn't he? His pads are, are outstanding. <sighs> yeah, Koskinen. Uh... In the same time period that Mike Smith is two wins and three losses, Koskinen is uh, four wins and three losses, including, but two of those were in overtime. So he's gotten points out of uh, six out out of seven, and and Smith has two out of five. It's going to be interesting to see how this plays out because it's, Tippett's shown a lot of faith in Smith so far, but at some point uh, we might see, start seeing a bit more of Koskinen at least. Of course, Koskinen's this is back-to-back been, games. Koskinen's been the better goalie, and he's had the better results. And I, I, by results, I'm not talking about just save percentage, but, you know, wins and losses. Uh, the team's performed better in the games that Koskinen's played. And at some point, you would think he's going to emerge as the, as the uh, preferred starter. Like, they're going to use both of them. Uh, you know, I don't suppose I did- you'll ever get a guy playing more than two, three, four in a row. Uh, but uh, I think you might see more of Koskinen as time goes on because he's just been the better goalie to this point. How did Bakersfield do tonight? They won. Three to one. And they won the previous night. I watched that game. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's interesting, Bruce. Um, you know, they they have uh, Lagasin, right, who's, who's mm-hmm. ready to play. Third, he had a good game last night. Third eh? pairing in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, Samarukov's really coming on. Maximov and McLeod, the 
are are coming on. But Tyler Benson, um, he there's a couple things that I think he's added to his game recently. Uh-huh. He's moving his feet a little bit quicker in the offensive one. He just looks a little bit quicker, and he's also going to the net far more often and far stronger. He's making a real point of that. So it'll be interesting to see if we see Tyler Benson here fairly soon because um, they could use another offensive player, obviously, and, and he's, he, you know, I'd like to see him get a chance. I'd still like to see Negard get four or five games with Nugent Hopkins um, before they maybe go to Benson. I think that should be their next move, but the coach just seems hesitant to do that, and I don't quite understand why. But um, uh, I'd like to see that because um, Chason, I don't know, he's uh, he looks like a third line, fourth line player right now to me. So they had uh, two assists from Evan Bouchard tonight, a goal and assist from Kyler Yamamoto, two okay. assists from Cooper Marodi, uh, an assist from uh, uh, William Lagason. So uh, they're getting uh, points tonight, at least, from their younger prospects, the guys that you know are the more interesting players long-term. And you want to see those guys turn the corner. It's uh, good that Yamamoto's back. He'd missed yeah. four or five games with injury, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it apparently wasn't that severe. So um, he just needs to stay healthy because he has looked good in the games that I've seen him play. He's looked good too. So he's another possibility, right? Like it'll be Benson or Yamamoto, one of them. We'll get it. We'll get a chance. I think at some point, um, you know, because there's talk of the Oilers making it, you know, trading for a forward, and I think the logical thing to do before you trade for a winger, um, if you're just looking to plug someone into your second line, is you is you try try Negard um, there for four, five, six, seven games, and then if he doesn't work, then you try Benson. And then you try Yamamoto. Like there are things, I think there's options that you go through. And then mm-hmm. if that, if that's not working, if one of those guys doesn't step up, then you might pull the, you know, if you're still in the playoff hunt, right. Which they, which they definitely are right now. So, all right, Bruce, you got some writing to do tonight. So yeah, I do. I'm go. just, uh, just working on, uh, I got to Mike Smith and I was writing a rather longer comment on him and then I'm going to carry on. I'm just looking up Bakersfield. Now they're, Fourth place, tied for third in the Pacific. Nine wins, nine losses, three other losses. So nine wins in 21 games. Not that good. They've had uh, But starting to starting to turn truth. around, and they need Shane Starrett to come back sooner than later. So. Yeah, Skinner, Skinner's had some good games, I guess. But, it, I mean, save percentage tells us a lot about goalies, I think. And it, his is pretty – it's in the 880 range, I think. So that's not uh, – I think they've missed Starrett quite a bit. All right, thanks for talking tonight. Thanks for listening, everyone. And in the meantime, and in between times, this has been another edition of the Cult of Hockey podcast.